0: lasting appeal of the TMNT, the original voice cast for the four shellheads, the turtles as personality archetypes, and how to nail retro authenticity without being tempted to subvert expectations. I'm the well-read mage, and this is MageCast. Breathe a sigh of relief, cause it's pizza time on MageCast, featuring Kevin de Cristofano and his bow-ountiful ninja knowledge from the Ninja Turtle Nerds podcast. Together, we're none chucking out the bad takes and delivering the insight and intuition you crave for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Not all heroes in a half shell wear capes. I've made a solemn oath to you. I swore that those who listened to my show would learn something. And I think this episode is the perfect example. The TMNT have been kicking shell for longer than I've been alive. But there is still something powerful to say about these evergreen icons. Turtle power. Magecast is the podcast for the lonely, for those who miss the simple pleasure of a shared dialogue. Magecast is the podcast for conversationalists in a world where we've already stopped listening to each other. As ever, you can help support Magecast by visiting patreon.com forward slash thepixels, where episodes are offered in early access before going live for the public. You can also learn more at thepixels.com, that's the-pixels.com, or find me on Twitter and Twitch at TheWellReadMage. Finally, don't forget to check out my newest concept, Gamealogica, exploring video games and religion. Links in the description. Now, let's start the show. Mm, mm. Welcome, welcome, my friend. Sorry, I'm eating a Ninja Turtle pudding pie because we are going to talk about all kinds of delicious nostalgias on this show. Do you remember the Ninja Turtle pudding pie? Oh yeah, absolutely. Are you eating one right now?
1: I wish I could. <laughs> I wish. What do they taste like? Do you remember at all? Um, I re- I remember they kind of were similar to like the what are those? Th- 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 you can get like the little apple pie things at like gas stations. Still, I don't know what they're called. Little Debbie, maybe. Yeah,
0: something like that. Yeah, that it was similar.
1: Right. I think I'm thinking of the right thing, right? It was like green filling in the middle.
0: Yeah, super gross. <laughs> like think it. It's basically like a big
1: thick jelly donut filled with stuff. I think it was lemony, if I remember correctly. It, it kind of had like a lemony flavor.
0: Yeah. You know what? Looking now, uh the package says vanilla. So maybe it was oh. like a lemony, vanilla kind of thing. I don't know. I do they even still sell these? I gotta go on eBay or something to check it out. Uh but folks, as you can tell from uh, the person that I'm talking to that I haven't really introduced yet. Uh, I have Kevin here from the Ninja Turtle Nerds podcast. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm
1: fantastic because I am excited to talk about this game. I can't stop talking about this game. <laughs> <laughs> Radical. Uh, I
0: I also would love to talk about this game. Uh, I put out a little review for it. Um, as opposed to the longer form reviews that I normally do. So there's a lot of thoughts. It's a great game. It's, it really is. Uh, and I'm looking forward to diving deep into it. Uh, for this episode, folks, I, I elected to find somebody who uh, I guess you could say is an expert on Ninja Turtles. Would you call yourself an expert on Ninja Turtles, Kevin?
1: You know that's something that's come up on our podcast, and obviously, when you make a podcast focusing on a subject, you learn. You thought you were an expert, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the internet, the internet lets you know how many people out there know more than you. So, so one thing we say on our show is, you know, we're not total experts; we're just mm-hmm. very enthusiastic turtle fans. We we put it that way because uh, you know we get stuff wrong sometimes, but. I don't know. I'd say I definitely know more than the average person about Ninja Turtles. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, you're talking about this stuff in uh, in pretty pretty significant depth, certainly much more than somebody who just remembers the cartoon from 30 years ago. Uh, well, welcome. You know, glad to have you on here. And would you mind telling us maybe a bit more about your show? So there are other Ninja Turtle podcasts. I don't want to say you were on the cutting board. Um, but I chose you <laughs> rather than other Ninja Turtle shows. Oh, thanks, um, we appreciate
1: that for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, we almost have like kind of a community going between all the shows. We we guest on each other's spots all the time, and we're always messaging each other and, and things like that. But uh, they all. What's great about the other shows is each one kind of has its own specialty. And ours is the Ninja Turtle comic book series. And ah. that's not to say that's all we talk about. Like I said a second ago, we're definitely just Ninja Turtle enthusiasts. So we're we we also talk about the video games, the the movies, the cartoons, the action figures, everything. Uh the, the soundtracks. <laughs> it all comes up. But the main focus is the comic book series. Each episode we're going through the comic book series in order, one issue at a time, and then a lot of times we'll throw in other segments where we talk about different turtle media.
0: I see. I, I spotted you have a you have a significant number of bonus episodes, and it seemed like those were kind of your more topical
1: episodes. Yeah. So. We tend to do those in between seasons, sometimes during the season, and that's more like it'll be a whole episode devoted to one of the movies, or a whole episode devoted to the cartoon shows, or things like that. Uh, we had this, this thing we've been doing. Uh, I'm kind of obsessive, like, I don't want to say obsessive compulsive, but I get really hyper-focused on things, and I came up with this way to score movies that I was just doing in my day-to-day life that we decided to do to all the Ninja Turtle movies, and we did episodes on that. It's where we give the movie a, a score by every time we like something in the movie, we add a point, and every time we didn't like something, we take a point away. Ah. And I originally created that system for, I was thinking about the Star Wars prequels one day, and I was like, I can't figure out how I would rank them. <laughs> so I sat down and I watched them and every time it did something I like, I added a point, didn't like it. I took a point away. And I think the the, the final scores were Phantom Menace was a minus five. Uh, Revenge of the Sith ended up being a minus six and then Attack of the Clones was like a minus ten at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, I think That
0: is a really novel way to, uh, to review films. I like that. I'm going to have to try that with some of my favorite films at some point.
1: A few Genius. of them have uh, perfect scores that I can't see anything. I'd take a point away for one of them being the Ninja Turtles movie, the 1990 original film. There's almost there nothing is. I don't like there in that. You.
0: Yeah. That is enjoyable. What about Ninja Turtles three?
1: You know, it's it's something that I've grown to like a lot more <laughs> uh, uh-huh. over the years. I don't know what it is about it that's grown on me, but I'm not going to pretend it's a, a quality film, but I, right. it's not as bad as I remember <laughs> it when I go to watch it.
0: <laughs> okay, interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, folks definitely check out the Ninja turtle nerds podcast. There are links in the podcast description here for Magecast. Uh, I did have one more podcast question for you, Kevin. Uh, I spotted, I don't know if this is real, so that's what I'm, I want to ask you. I spotted what looked like somebody saying they ran a Ninja turtle podcast that each episode was one minute of the original
1: movie. Yeah, so that's actually like a whole uh we we linked up with that there's another like little community out there of movies by minutes podcasts. It started with Star Wars Minute and they are a huge podcast. Their Patreon makes like $5,000 a month and uh they wow. they um they started the whole thing and it started with them going through the Star Wars movies one minute at a time and they started saying, like, if anybody else wants to do this, feel free and slowly but surely all these other movies by minutes podcasts are popping up. And the Ninja Turtle Minutes, uh, Ninja Turtle Minute is another podcast that eventually did that format. And they're all really cool, really cool podcasters. They they did a season where they did a tabletop role playing game after they did the three movies uh, that acted as the fourth movie. And it was just like, it was really cool.
0: Wow. So, okay. Not only. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I I actually know Uh where you're
1: going with this. So the reason uh, they are a daily podcast, that's how they put out all of those. So I think they batch record uh, like about three hours works out to be five episodes at a time. Okay. So, so yeah, they're a daily podcast and that's how they get through all those (laughs) minutes. Okay, that
0: makes sense because otherwise you're doing like what four minutes a month? Oh yeah, the, the
1: I mean the Star oh, Wars okay. minute people would they're they're almost fully caught up, believe it or not, and wow. there's no way they'd be as a weekly podcast. <laughs> they'd still be on. <laughs> they'd be tr- on like Empire.
0: Right, right. I was <laughs> trying to picture in my head like, what do you do for your first episode? Like, here's the credits. <laughs> and but it blows my mind that there's not just one movie or one podcast doing this. There are several.
1: There's a, so I'm going to have to check this out. Cause I thought it was a gimmick. No. Yeah. There's a website out there. I, and be, I don't have a movies by minutes, so I, I it's escaping me, but it's like, mm-hmm. I, it might be movies by minutes.com. I don't know, but it's got a list of all the people that they kind of like got together. And, and you can, if you know, your favorite movies probably on there somewhere.
0: Wow. 2001, a space odyssey. Movies by minutes. That would be, that would be insane.
1: (laughs) I know somebody did some other Kubrick movies. Uh, What what, was it? The the shining. I want to say. Maybe
0: that's a popular
1: one. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. There are some really creative people in the world. Uh, I'd say my favorites of them, and this isn't to dump on any of the others. It's just my movie taste, but I really, really enjoyed the Ninja turtle minutes. One, the star Wars minute, got it started they're they're very professional and spider-man minute was really good that went over the sam raimi trilogy
0: ah interesting well i'm definitely gonna have to check that out there's a lot of podcasts to check out folks uh but right now you're checking out this podcast and i hope we can be entertaining (laughs) and insightful and intelligent for you here and humorous and on and on and on this is mage cast episode 85 entitled channel six player melee in Manhattan. That title comes to us courtesy of Terrence Harkin and it was slightly modified by games with coffee. So thank you gentlemen. We are talking about teenage mutant Ninja turtles shredders revenge, which was developed by tribute games and published by dotemu in 2022 for PC Linux. If anybody's still using Linux is for you (laughs) switch PS4 and Xbox one BT dubs spoilers ahead. There is a story in here, believe it or not. I mean, it's, it feels like, you know, a cartoon episode, Um, but there is a story. So if that concerns you and you're like, Oh, spoilers, uh, go check out another episode or play the game and come back and check out this one. Um, But let's do some age facts here to get started. First fact, the uh, very, yes. Kawabunga. the original (laughs) voice cast for the turtles, triumphantly returned. I did not know this until I was playing it, but you've got Cam Clark as Leonardo, you've got Barry Gordon as Donatello, Rob Paulson as Raphael, and Townsend Coleman as Michelangelo.
1: I love that they all came back. They they all are constantly doing videos online together and things because they're probably hitting the same Comic-Cons and stuff. But mm-hmm. I love that they came back for this. The one that I really wish was there, and I don't know their name, but the, the original voice for Casey Jones is not there. Uh, and when I play as Casey Jones, I kind of miss that. I, I just want to hear him go, lawbreakers. Like <laughs> he had such a <laughs> distinct lunatic voice on the on the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was the name? I know he's the, the uncle, right? On um Fresh Prince, uh, Shredder in the original show. James, his name's there, anyways. Uh, but he did the like, "I'll get you, turtles," just the great '80s villain voice. Yeah, James uh, Avery. There it is. There it is. Uh, I wish he was in here, and I wish Krang was in here too, because Krang's original voice actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you, turtles. Oh. That's, That's like a good Doing Krang. all these weird like mouth noises. Thanks, I practice a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish these guys were in here, but. We've got the four, and I feel like I remember seeing an interview
1: with that. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no, no, go I, ahead. I remember seeing a vi- uh, interview with that voice actor where he said uh, he he based Krang's personality on a Jewish grandmother, and I thought that was <laughs> oh, hilarious. <God. laughs>
0: You'd have a call. <laughs> uh, they they with the four, the four turtles. Like you've got, you know, the four opportunities there for one guy to not show up. For it and I feel like that would have Really been a sore thumb sticking out Here mm-hmm. but the fact that you've got the Four original voice actors at least for the Turtles is I think really cool um, And yet like they're all hitting up Various things and a lot of These guys are, are doing a lot of other Voices I mean Cam Clark uh, You know <laughs> I always think of him More less as Leonardo And uh, and more as Liquid Snake like did you like my sunglasses Yeah <laughs> And then uh, I was going to sing Rob Paulson's uh, United States, Canada, Mexico, (laughs) Panama, but I'm not going to do the whole thing.
1: Can't. I was always a big fan of the, the state Capitol song as well with wacko. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know what? I think I learned more about geography from that show than I ever did in school. Got to say for sure. So yeah. Wonderful to see these folks back in these roles. Um, been a long time since the original nineteen eighty seven cartoon, certainly, but uh, but they can still nail these voices, which is I think really rad. Uh, next factoid here: Turtles in Time, uh, which will come up again on this episode for sure. It was numbered four. Uh, would this be considered? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 5 or 55. It's actually when I counted. There's like on Wikipedia, there's like a total of 55 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video games.
1: I would absolutely call this five for a few reasons. One is it's based on the 87 cartoon. Like you said, not all of those on the list are meeting that criteria. There you go. And also the, uh, the other ones that were based on the cartoon are Game Boy games. And we remember back in the day, like Game Boy doesn't count. So <laughs> unless it's yeah, Metroid, yeah. I guess, but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I would absolutely call it five. That totally fits. Some of those games I, don't count period. Like there's, there's some DOS games on that list that I never have seen in person. I've watched like YouTube clips of them, but uh the, and and like, of course, you've got, you remember the handheld, they were like the Tiger Electronic games yes. uh, that everybody <laughs> had. Those are on that list. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that were contemporaneous with uh, Turtles in Time, but you're right. I think the Game Boy ones, like sort of Mega Man type thing, mm-hmm. the Game Boy ones had a different numbering yes. than the ones that went to console. Because you have the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then when they brought the second one to NES. They called it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Uh, And then, of course, there was three and then four, Turtles in Time. So I feel like you're right. It's based on the cartoon. Uh, There are vast differences between a lot of these Turtles games. But also, I feel like looking at a lineage of design and a lineage of tradition uh, and texture to these games, that it really does seem like Shredder's Revenge naturally stems off of Turtles in Time.
1: Yeah, it, it it's funny when we did our episode on the game, it's Shredder's Revenge. I mean, we started notice, noticing we're just constantly mentioning Turtles in Time, and it's almost impossible to talk about this game without talking about Turtles in Time even though the other turtle games are great too. The arcade game and Manhattan project are really good games, but yeah, you got to talk turtles in time.
0: You have to, I mean, this feels like almost a direct sequel.
1: Yeah. Uh, I feel like you
0: couldn't talk about this game without referencing the previous, and that'll come up too, folks. Uh, next major fact here, weapons breakdown for the fur the four turtles and their personalities. So Twitter is a magical place. Let's all agree on that. This is actually where I first discovered uh your show, Kevin was uh you know, I'm browsing around Twitter and boom, viral tweet. Yeah, we've I don't know what it was
1: about that. We've never had a tweet blow up like that. That was crazy.
0: It, it, I hate how
1: unpredictable it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Cuz like sometimes oh, you'll be yeah, like this go is gold and you'll post it right. and it gets like <laughs> two likes and then other times you'll be like I think Donatello hates pepperoni and it'll get like 75,000 likes. Like, you know, like.
0: <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Sometimes. Yeah. Like today I'm like, this is a magnum opus, just like a critical <laughs> meme of this game, six likes. And they're all like my grandmother's so yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like impossible. And then a viral tweet. So I had a viral tweet for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, that people kept telling me, Hey, I saw your tweet on Facebook. And hey, I saw your tweet on Reddit and I was like, why did it have to be that tweet? If my mom <laughs> saw that tweet, she would call me <laughs> and just be like, "Honey, what are you doing with your life?" And it was just it was it was me making fun of some 30-something's that get upset about cartoons um where uh I took a screenshot of April from the Nickelodeon Brawler. Yeah. And I took a screenshot of April from the 1987 cartoon, put them side by side, and there's clear differences in, let's say, your, her figure. Um, and I put as the tag or the text, something for you 30 somethings to get mad about as a joke, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and this thing just went everywhere. And I was like, oh, why did it have to land on Reddit? Somebody's like, they're making fun of you. I was like, people making fun of me on Reddit, I can live with, but I don't know if I can live with my mom finding this tweet on Facebook. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you had this amazing viral tweet. Um, I went and checked out your show after I saw this. Cause like, yeah, I, was, I like Ninja turtles. So I go and check it out. Um, but this, this, what was contained in this tweet uh, was a, a clip from Reddit. I've got it pulled up here. I thought it was really insightful. I wasn't sure if this was y- your words, uh, or not but regardless the point that i'd like to make is that here we're talking about something that's fairly old i mean how old are the ninja turtles now
1: they um they were i feel i feel kind of nerdy for knowing this they came out in may okay. 5th night the first <laughs> issue was released may 5th 1984 <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I mean, you are the, the the podcast is called the Ninja Turtle yeah. <laughs> Nerds, so it's it's appropriate. Uh, so they're older than I am, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They've they've been around, but the fact that people can still make uh really insightful analyses and have these eureka moments about these characters is to me one of the most exciting things about what I do, talking about games that have been around for a month or have been around for 30 years uh, and still talking about them as if they're relevant, as if there's things still to discover mm-hmm. about them. So um, I just thought this was this was a great bit. I'm going to go ahead and read it um, just so that anybody listening, if you haven't seen this yet, um, first of all, shame on you. And Secondly, I'll, I'll let me read it for you here. Uh, Master Splinter intentionally gave the turtles weapons opposite to their individual personalities, and I cracked up because I uh, there's sc- like Screen Rant reported on this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw. I don't remember where I saw this, but I shared it just because I thought it was I thought it was int- very interesting. Just like you, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm a hundred percent sold that this is for a fact what happened, but like, for sure, yeah. But like, it's just very interesting.
0: Yeah. As a bit of fan interpretation. Yeah, right? I called uh, it
1: headcanon when I posted it. There yeah. you
0: go. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, like, I like I don't know that you could posit that the uh the you know the creators were like thinking exactly this, or if they were just like, hey, you know what it's cool? Size are cool. That's hey, you know what's likely. cool? <laughs> a nunchuck, <laughs> you know. Uh but so anyway, so Raphael is the most hot-headed and violent of the turtles. He wields size, a traditional defensive weapon used in peacekeeping. This is to teach him patience and discipline. Michelangelo is the most scatterbrained and playful of the turtles. He wields nunchaku, a weapon infamous for its complexity and ease of injuring the user. This is to teach him focus and not to take combat lightly. Donatello is the most intelligent and tech savvy of the turtles. He wields a bow, a simple wooden staff. This is to teach him creativity and making do with what he has. Leonardo is the ethical... And heroic of the turtles, sentence, he wields katanas, the only bladed weapon of the four and the most lethal by default. This is to teach him that ultimately, despite his ideals, he may be forced to take lives to protect people and must never fight battles needlessly. Uh, Thought it was brilliant. Obviously, a lot of a lot of folk thought it was brilliant. Um, We can't be sure that this is, you know, canon canon, but it's a neat head canon for sure.
1: Yeah, I I really liked the the breakdown of it, and it was just an interesting way to think of how Master Splinter was assigning these turtles what what fit them personality wise. I like how uh, a lot of people in the comments focused on Raphael and how he uses Psy, which is something that has come up on our podcast a few times. Is that a lot of the times the people writing the comics and by extension the cartoons and stuff. They don't know that sai aren't really meant for stabbing, <laughs> mm. and you see in Daredevil comics this a lot too. They're they're a weapon that's kind of meant to uh counter a sword so that you so that you don't get stabbed.
0: Like catch it right and then twist, and twist. Yep. Throw it out. And there's yeah, this okay.
1: a famous pose that you always kind of see Raphael doing where he's holding the sai kind of like Wolverine claws where they're sticking out mm-hmm. between the knuckles and, <laughs> and the handle is going down his forearm. I'm doing this like you can see me, but you can't, uh, right. <laughs> I know what you're talking <laughs> about though. <laughs> so I, I, I actually looked up, I always thought this was interesting. Like, is that like a real technique or is that just a cool way to draw him? Cause he looks like Wolverine and it turns out it is. And the handle going down the forearm like that allows you to block a sword with your forearm. So I thought that was really wow. cool.
0: That is really cool. Uh, and I realized you pronounced, uh, you pronounced them plural as sigh.
1: I think I, that's I, correct. I,
0: I think you were uh, yeah. As soon as you said it, I was like, shoot, I said size. Oh, I didn't.
1: Like, I was, <laughs> I wasn't picking on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, somebody, somebody's is going to be like, freaking, I can't believe you mispronounced. Uh, next mage fact. The cowabunga collection is coming. Uh, in case you have not had enough turtles, which I haven't, I finished shredder's revenge and I was like, I need more of this now. Uh, the Kawabunga collection is coming. I don't think as of today, uh, July 16, 2022, that we've got a specific release date yet other than yeah, no, it's coming not yet. this year. Okay. My co-host. Um, but this I, looks amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. We've
1: been talking about that game a lot and. It's funny, my the Shredder's Revenge game definitely like quadrupled my interest in the Cowabunga collection because I was saying to him before, I was like, I was on the fence because I was like, I have a Raspberry Pi that has all those games on it. So I was mm-hmm. like, I, do, I really need to pay $40 for this collection. And since playing Shredder's Revenge, I'm like, yep, I want it on my Switch and I want it there now.
0: Yeah. I mean it's perfect I mean especially If like so I've got a pie as well uh, A couple of my beefs With a pie is sometimes crap Doesn't work yeah, <laughs> you know true. like You'll load up a game and like it Just doesn't work especially if it's MAME. Mm-hmm. Uh The other thing is You're supporting an official release which is I think rad oh yeah if you want to see Official releases like recently People were like oh my gosh release You know some of these Sega CD games Um and I was like, if you want that, then you, you've got to show support for the the good uh, retro releases that mm-hmm. come out. Um, another thing is, like, co-op opportunities. Like, I don't know that I have real good co-op opportunities set up on my
1: pie. That's true. Oh, uh, the, the thing with the co-op opportunities is great, uh-huh. too, especially for Turtles in Time. It all comes back to Turtles in Time. Because <laughs> I bought the one-up arcade machine. I feel swindled <laughs> because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. They put out a one up arcade machine that has the arcade game and it has the arcade version of turtles and time on it. I bought that one. And then okay. like a little bit down the line, they released a new version of the cabinet that has online play. And I'm like, ah oh, man, I would have waited uh, if I knew that was coming. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's disappointing. But now uh, with the, 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 cow i keep wanting to call it shredder collection the cowabunga collection uh we will be able to play online
0: yeah which is excellent i really think that beat-em-ups in today's day and age need to have online functionality um i love this genre i remember listening to your episode on this game uh and you mentioned you have some difficulty with this genre you more gravitate towards i believe it was platformers
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never been really great at beat em ups, even though I'm like kind of a sucker for them. Like, I love this. Mm. I love playing. I play Battletoads a lot. Double Dragon. Uh, Maximum Carnage is like a huge game from my childhood. Uh, So I love playing these beat em ups, even though I'm not good. Yeah. So if if I'm playing on my pie, I, I use save states just so I can see all the levels.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I maximum Carnage will chew you up and spit you out. That is a for sure. not an easy for game sure. For, yeah. Absolutely. Great. Soundtrack oh, so yeah. Now. Oh man. It's good it good. Uh the online play is gonna be really awesome for the Cowabunga collection. That's got the original game uh for the arcade version, the arcade and uh home version for Turtles in Time. It's got the three NES. Turtles games, the NES and the Super NES version of Tournament Fighters, Hyberstone Heist, the Sega Genesis version of Tournament Fighters, <laughs> uh, and then the three Game Boy games. So that has got a lot on it.
1: The third Game Boy game is really good. I feel like people are gonna sleep on those and it's it's worth playing. It almost has a Metroidvania style to it, where each okay. each turtle gets like a unique ability and it's it's not just a move left to right type of game like there's kind of like backtracking and stuff involved so it's a i think it's a really good game i am going to
0: definitely take that recommendation uh i don't remember the game boy games for the the turtles
1: at all the first Um, two are kind of like a beat-em-up on a handheld like they're they're very much what you'd expect but that third one played around a little bit
0: okay well, cool. Rad. I can't wait till these come out. Uh, Yeah, definitely going to pick that up. Uh, I am all for retro collections. Again, as long as the emulation is good, as long as there's some effort put in there, but a collection with this many games, uh, especially some that uh, usually don't appear together or haven't seen re-releases, um, that's that's really cool. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Moving on here, we do have a question from Summerfelt R who asked, what do you think about the recent surge of 80s and 90s pop culture icons coming back to video games again? Terminator, Robocop, Power Rangers, etc. Do you think licensed games will finally get the positive treatment they deserve?
1: I hope so. <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> I've yeah. been waiting for another good Ghostbusters game. You remember how good that the one that was Ghostbusters, the video game, how good that was? And- then they went right back to being mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They just announced
0: that, uh, I think it was an FPS, the uh, RoboCop game. Um, So it seems like we're in the era of licensed games from the eighties and nineties, but they're actually good. So uh, I'm here for it. I
1: think that's a lot to do with the people who grew up with these franchises are now in positions that are calling the shots and, and, and saying, you know, no, this has to be a good game. We can't just cash in on the license.
0: Yeah. I mean, because back then there was definitely a lot of that. Well, at ET, you know, one yeah. of the biggest <laughs> examples of trying to capitalize for the holiday season. And that didn't turn out too well.
1: I remember playing RoboCop on NES a lot. And I specifically remember there's some part of the game you get to where, like, the walls start moving in on you. And I never got past that. Ah. Uh,
0: I See, I don't remember that one too well. We actually did just cover a licensed game on this show, uh, Jaws for NES, which uh, is Jaws 4, not Jaws 1, but um, <laughs> not a terrible game, I think. But most licensed games, probably most folk will say most licensed games from the era uh, were pretty hit or miss, to put it nicely.
1: I've, that's on like my list of games that I kind of want to beat because... Uh, I've seen I've seen videos online. I know Jaws. You kind of just like drive from port to port, and in the middle you pick up experience points or something. Yeah, it's a weird like
0: shmup RPG thing. <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird game, but uh, creative at least you know. And uh, I I mean I'd recommend it if you know what you're doing. You could be in like you know, uh, there's people beating in like four minutes, but like <laughs> the last time I played, I'd be in like 20 minutes. So. It's doable. It's doable. Uh, Turtles as a franchise. So now let's talk a a little broadly. Um, I don't have, just to get this out of the way, I don't have a ton of experience with the comics. I've read some of them. I own one uh, Yusagi Ojimbo Hmm. comic right now. Um, And that's about it for comics. I remember the toys fondly. Uh, but I'm really more about the games games is kind of you know my content but for you you're doing a show on the comics themselves mm-hmm. so what is what would you say for somebody who is interested in starting reading starting to read uh, TMNT comics uh, where's the jumping on point for that? it
1: depends on what you want to read so that I feel like there's two different types of people when it comes to this. You're either like you want to read what Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the creators of who created the Ninja Turtles, like what they did. And Mm -hmm. in that case, there's a very easy jumping on point. It's the first issue. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) it's I'd say if you read the first 11 issues, you're going to be amazed at how much of the 1990 movie is in those 11 issues. Like they literally just took it right from the panels to the screen. So that's, that's a really cool experience. Yeah. There's like an arc in the middle where they go into outer space that they didn't really touch in the movie, but (laughs) everything where they're in New York there. (laughs) Um, Wow. And, and the one shots, they, they did a one shot for each Ninja turtle at the beginning there. So you read the first 11 issues plus the one shots. You got 15 issues there. And that's a really, really solid run to read. Other than that, if you want to read, if you're someone who wants to know what the modern continuity is like, IDW publishing has the license for the turtles. Now there are about 130 issues in and they release collections that are really easy to, to stay to jump on with because they go in order and any side story that got published is in there in the proper reading order. So you really just need wow, to b- buy the IDW volumes and you could read everything.
0: Beautiful. Okay. Cause let me explain. I come from a perspective of growing up as a, as a wee lad, I read uh, a lot of Marvel. I read a lot of X-Men, read a lot of Spider-Man. Uh, eventually, Uh, I got into the dark and gritty DC comics. So I read pretty much everything Batman. Uh, Eventually was like, Superman's an idiot, but I should (laughs) probably read a a Superman comic. And I did. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love Superman now. You know who I've Um,
1: kind of started focusing on lately, believe it or not? uh I've been reading because I have DC Infinite, the app. I've been reading a lot of Aquaman believe it or not. Yes. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I've slept on this character so long.
0: <laughs> I think everybody has.
1: <laughs> I remember when
0: uh new 52 was relevant and uh, at my local shop, you know, I'm kind of asking around for recommendations and he's like, so you got to read this, read this, check, check this out. And he sighs an Aquaman. He's like, I never <laughs> thought I would admit that I'm an Aquaman fan, uh, but there are some decent Aquaman books. That's for sure. Um, But yeah, all that to say with DC, they're juggling, what, 80 plus years of continuity somehow? Yeah. So with the Turtles, I mean, it's less than 80 years, but still comic book lore and continuity and canon seems like it becomes unwieldy at a certain point. Yeah. The Uh, Turtles do this
1: great thing where they the IDW run is a complete reset, but it doesn't at the same time throw everything out because eventually they do these stories with it's It's just like into the spider verse they did like alternate universes where like the 87 cartoon is an alternate universe the original comic books are their own universe and like so you can learn it if you want but you don't have to well good luck to them keeping that that canon under control
0: hopefully it doesn't get out of control like it it has for dc i, I point. think
1: they're doing they're doing a good job because to tell you the truth like comics don't go for 130 issue runs anymore they tend to renumber them really quick so like okay. i'm really i'm really glad that this idw continuity has been going as long as it has and yeah it's it's great it's it's honestly some of the best turtle stuff is in that volume
0: nice yeah, hopefully we never have to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Crisis on Infinite
1: Earths <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. And I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast covering the Ninja Turtle comic book series one issue at a time. Plus the video games, the cartoon show, the VHS tapes. If it's Ninja Turtles, we'll cover it. Ninja Turtle Nerds is available wherever you get your podcast. Beyond the
0: comics, uh, the cartoon is obviously a huge touching point. And there's been multiple cartoons over over the years. Um, I've known younger folk uh, from the next generations uh, who have had their own versions of the Ninja Turtles in their own Hmm. cartoons, which I think is really cool that there's kind of an iterative – uh, ability here that oh, you yeah. can reinterpret these characters. And, yeah. We hear from and, people
1: on our show all the time that grew up with the 2003 cartoon or the 2012 uh, cartoon, even sometimes.
0: Wow. I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, the 87 cartoon, so like I mentioned to you, I've got two kids, two boys, uh, age six and five, perfect age for the 1987 cartoon. Oh, yeah. So I, I actually popped it on uh, shortly after getting Shredder's Revenge.
1: In a VCR, um, I hope. Oh, well, <laughs> those kids, <laughs> you got those kids club, those Burger King kids club tapes.
0: Yeah. I think I, I wish I still had a, a working VHS. I, uh, I use daily motion. They're on daily motion. <laughs> okay. Um, but <laughs> it's not, it's not as bad as downloading a torrent, let's say. Um, but yeah, watching the original show again, uh, has actually been a blast. It's delightfully cheesy. It's very light. Um, it's not something, you know, so like having kids is weird. Cause like I'll watch something and not think it twice about what's happening really. Cause yeah, I'm an adult, but then when my kid starts repeating like nasty things that a character says at like a grocery store or at school, ah. uh, or to their friends and I'm like, Ugh. you can't tell your friends I'll destroy you by dipping them in acid. You just can't, No, you can't do that. But that'll get you a trip super to the principal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cartoon supervillains can say that because he's a brain in the stomach of a robot. Um, so, but it, it has been it's it's been real fun to revisit that show. Uh, I think it's aged well in a lot of ways. Um, but was that kind of your first touching point for Turtles as well?
1: Yeah, I I kind of don't remember like the first time I saw the cartoon. It's just like a a part of my childhood that's just you know, always part of it type thing. Mm -hmm. I was born in 84 and the show came out in 87. So not a whole lot of time to, to form memories there, but, uh, Mm. but yeah, that, that was definitely my introduction to the turtles. And then I think when the 07 movie came out, that CGI animated one, uh, that was a, that was right after I had graduated college. And I was like, let me, I, I, I remember I love this. Let me, let me take a look at the comic books and stuff, and it all snowballed from there.
0: Okay. I actually had to look up the 2007 one uh, just now. I don't think I've seen this one. For a second there, I thought you might have referred to Michael Bay's first movie. Oh, no. I, I don't know when that
1: came out. Um, you know, that's something. I feel like those movies have become easier to stomach now that they're not the current version of the Turtles. I can kind of take a step back and and see them more for what they were trying to do. I did not like them at the time, but uh, Mm -hmm. they've grown on me. And I I think it's mainly because I know they're over. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I'm going to have to
0: revisit them with that in mind. But again,
1: when you do a turtles podcast, you're just, you're always inundated with other new turtle stuff. And you're just constantly seeing it different ways, you know?
0: Uh, that there's a good point there. Um, you know, I know people, well, I mean, like myself, I talk about video games every single day, so it can be kind of difficult to sort out. Like, how would I feel about this if it were like contemporary or if I was sort of an mm. average movie goer or game player who doesn't do this for, you know, their entire life. Um, Cause I think, you know, I know a lot of people in like the RPG communities who just like love Everything everything they touch, but that's because they eat, sleep and breathe RPGs. Yeah. Um, whereas for a more average RPG goer, uh, <laughs> there might be, there might be degrees of that. So that is interesting. And I think it's a, it's a good admission to hear content creators say, you know, that we are, we are inundated with this stuff. We're bathed in it, in the musk. Yeah. Of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of hard to, if 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 there's a version you don't like, then you're gonna constantly be seeing something you don't like thrown at you. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, it, it, there's got to be something here I can focus on.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. That makes sense to me. Uh, other than that, uh, toys. I did want to mention toys. Holy crap, the toys! Uh, do you still have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys?
1: Just like you know, uh, a handful. I I'm not that big into toy collecting. I've bought like I haven't bought any of like the NECA figures or anything because people go crazy for those and you know there's a lot of money involved there. But I have a few that I've bought like from Target over the years, just browsing the toy aisle and a couple of a couple of cool toys. But back in the day, I had a ton of them, but. only, only a handful remain.
0: (laughs) I feel that I don't have any remaining, but I feel like so many of us uh, from the era just had a ton of teenage mutant ninja troll action figures and toys. Um, I, after Schrader's revenge, I kind of just hung out on YouTube for a while. I'm not at all a toy collector, unless you count games as digital toys. (laughs) Um, But uh, watching some toy collectors, you know, showing off some of these really retro stuff. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I had a bucket full of these just turtle figures, or I had that van. I remember the, the Zeppelin thing and then, you know, all these weird hover cars and stuff like that.
1: If you ever want to trip out on some turtle nostalgia, there's a website called, oh, and I'm blanking on it. If, if you Google like Ninja Turtle toy museum, it's something like that. It's a website that's dedicated to just kind of like chronicling every single Ninja Turtle toy. And it's, organized and separated by toy lines so you can go check out the ones we grew up with and be like oh i completely forgot about this one ah i will definitely have to check that out we use it as a resource a lot oh there you go on that that makes sense because
0: there's so many yeah right it would kind of be hard to to remember like even just the the main four turtles (laughs) so many different variations i remember the ones where their heads would swap inside their bodies yep uh And (laughs)
1: it blew my mind as a kid that you could do that with an action figure. Not enough Casey Jones action figures. They only had the one in the first toy line. Really? Okay.
0: I was never a huge fan of Casey Jones, I guess. Uh, So I I didn't even notice. I really liked the villains. (laughs) Um, Was all about just the different iterations of Shredder and the weird mutated villains that were here. Um, And there were also some really cool variations on the uh on the turtles themselves i think i got uh mandela affected recently uh so this was a an image shared by srik 360 uh it was in a it was in a community question thread about you know who's missing from shredders revenge and he said all these and it's uh it's mike
1: myers looks like okay i don't know where you're going with this but i think i might
0: Okay. Yeah. It's it's Mikey Myers, mm-hmm. uh, Donnie Kruger, Raph Voorhees, and Leatherface Leo. So I saw those and I was like, oh, I remember these. And then it turns out that's like those are custom for that image. Yeah, exactly. I remembered
1: them too. And then I also found out, oh, these never existed. <laughs> that so he it, yeah it happened to you too how why so the why false memory i think is stemming from they did a very similar toy line where they were movie monsters and like one of them was the Wolfman, one of them was like frankenstein and it was like very very similar but it wasn't like the slasher movie villains
0: okay so in that actual same thread in a reply to Strick 360 if you scroll down you can see it uh, looks like donnie dracula yep uh, Raph, the mummy, uh, Mikey, the Frankenstein, and then Leo, the, the, the wolf man. Uh, okay. So that makes sense. Then by extension, we remembered those and then just kind of afforded for these, these images, but I feel like I've seen this image maybe in like a magazine or something. Um, those are really cool custom figures though, for sure. Yeah. I wish I had the money for something like that. Right. <laughs> Me too. Or wish I knew how to make those. um, I will have the link, folks, for that in the podcast description uh, so that you can check it out as well. That's a cool image. Uh, And then finally, games. I mean, so uh, it's a broad franchise. We can't cover everything, of course. Um, You know, the pizzas and and all that. But uh, games, though. Uh, We did want to mention something that was brought up twice uh, this past couple of weeks here. Uh, Joypad Lad Shop mention please mention the tmt tmnt rescue palooza fan game mm-hmm. which i feel this game takes a lot from both great games although i'm only a few levels into shredder's revenge so far uh rescue palooza is like uh and you folks mentioned this too on your show um it's a fan game that had like you could play as vernon you could play as irma like you play as all kinds of people in this usagi Jimbo's in here It's like the smash brothers of (laughs) TMNT games.
1: Yeah. And that is kind of the expectation I had when they were promoting this game. And like every, like there was a period where they were releasing like one character at a time revealing who was going to be in the game. And it kind of seemed like they were setting up, like there was going to be like a ton of characters to play. And that would be Mm -hmm. one of the only criticisms. I mean, the, there's criticisms for every game, so like, of uh, course, yeah. I will say any criticism I have about Shredder's Revenge is kind of negated by the fact that it's a twenty dollar game. So I'm like, mm, you know, yeah. it's for the money, it's perfect. But I do wish mm. there were more characters, like in like in that fan made game. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get to those specific characters. I I would love to hear
0: which specific uh, characters you'd love to see included in this uh
1: looking at i've not played it have you played rescue palooza i tried (laughs) okay i couldn't i don't know what it was i couldn't get my controller to sync with it so i downloaded it and saw the title screen nice
0: well you made it further than i did uh so rescue palooza though it looks like it really takes after uh teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the arcade game Uh, Just as far as how it looks, the size of the characters, the way they move, uh, it looks less like it takes cues from turtles in time. But again, I haven't played it. I I couldn't tell you exactly. Mm -hmm. That's just at a glance. Um, So I, yeah, I feel like you could say that there's, there's a lot that it lifts from rescue Palooza. That seems fair. At the same time, it's pretty clear. It lifts a lot from turtles in time. Um, But Fan made games, just in general, some of them can be uh, can be pretty impressive.
1: Uh, oh yeah, there's like like I, another obsession of mine is the Legend of Zelda, and I've never mm-hmm. played any of them, but I've seen on YouTube a lot of like really in depth fan made Zelda games where they basically make a whole new Zelda game.
0: Yeah, yeah, Zelda. I mean, Nintendo's the the iffy one. You know, if you make a <laughs> Nintendo game, you're kind of setting yourself up because they will they will shut you down. Uh, but this uh this Turtles game definitely seems like something to check out, folks. Uh but on to Shredder's Revenge itself. So as you can tell from comments we've made already, both really impressed with the game. Uh that is an apt point, Kevin, that you brought up. Um it's a twenty dollar game. You know, it's it's short, it feels like something that you would play, you know, kind of longish for an arcade, but for a home console release in the nineties, not not too bad um there's a couple comments here uh live average gamer said cowabunga i have nothing relevant to say (laughs) tmnt (laughs) manhattan project was the first video game i played so this one really hit in the nostalgias all the right ways really uh info sprinkles shredder's revenge feels like it's become a gateway drug to late 20th century nostalgia and depraved slasher Here's the question. Do you feel people think too much about nostalgia with cha- with games like these instead of just thinking of it uh as just a solid game or not? I think it's just a great and solid game myself. Now, what do you think about that? It's an interesting question and it's one that I've seen for multiple games that capitalize on past properties.
1: Yeah, and I I don't I don't I don't think it really the nostalgia blurs my, my view of what the game is to tell you the truth. Like I, I, I could see how that could happen, but there's a lot of licensed games that are really easy to say, this is a bad game and you wish it, yeah. you wish it was better. Like I mentioned before, I, I played a few of the other Ghostbuster games after Ghostbusters, the movie, they weren't that good. I mean, Ghostbusters the mm-hmm. game and they weren't that good. So yeah, the license is going to get me to buy something. <laughs> so they win in, in that sense. But uh, I will freely admit, I, I, I don't have the blinders. Like, I will see, no, that wasn't worth it. I wish I hadn't wasted my money.
0: Right. I mean, because from another perspective, too, like, there is no argument to be made uh, that Shredder's Revenge was not marketed on the Nostalgia for the 1987 thing. Oh, yeah. So it's not a matter of fans, you know, c- attaching those two things themselves, making those connections and correlations. It is absolutely the developers and the publisher um, making sure that you know that this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, from the 1987 show. Um, for so sure. The, the branding is is absolutely there. Uh, I think also too, I mean, if you, if you ask, you know, are you thinking too much about nostalgia with this and not seeing it as just a great game? It can really be both. Uh, It can be a a great game that also capitalizes on nostalgia. Um, Nostalgia, just those, those warm yearning feelings, uh, sometimes negative feelings as well. But (laughs) But uh, mostly positive, hopefully, uh, feelings for something from your past. And you can absolutely have that plus a great and solid game, which I really think Shredder's Revenge is.
1: And at the same time, I think you can also do the opposite of that. And you can admit to yourself, I have nostalgia for this game that isn't good. <laughs> and and no, I'm yeah, only yeah. playing it for the nostalgia. And I can... Pretty much admit to myself, this is a terrible game, and I'm only playing it because it makes me remember when I used to play it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely right. Uh, I'm sure some of the Kawabunga collection games fall into that category. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, so unique traits with Shredder's Revenge, uh, like we've said earlier, there's been a lot of of TMNT games. Um, they've had a lot of time to practice. Um, making games and, and thinking about how to adapt these into games. So some of the unique traits in here um, before we get to that, though, I do want to mention there are, uh, I think there's two remakes of turtles in time. I think there's uh turtles in time reshelled. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't know if that's available was, anywhere, but that did happen. It was delisted. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. I remember when it was delisted because I was about to buy it. Uh, <laughs> <go on. laughs> no. Uh, so there's that. There's also uh, a TMNT arcade game um, that I played recently at like a freaking like, Chuck E. Cheese or something like that with my kids. And walking around the corner, there's all just like ticket munchers everywhere in the ski ball and, you know, the... The the, uh, the games where you have to like stop the light on a certain <laughs> spot yep. and all that. And I'm like, this is not like arcades when I was a child. Uh, I turned the corner and there's turtles. And I was like, what? What is this? Uh, and had the chance to play it. Uh, played through it twice so that I could go home and review it. It is aptly called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, And that's it. <laughs> but it's by Raw Thrills. Um, Is it based on the
1: 87 series or is it like the 2012 or
0: no? So here's the weird thing is it looks like the later turtles, like they're all CGI and kind of blocky. Okay. Um, It sounds like 2012, but yeah, but then playing it, I was like, this is turtles in time. So it's like a weird kind of middle ground type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ever see it anywhere, um, definitely play it. it. It's not amazing. It's no Shredder's Revenge. I'll tell you that right now.
1: There's also a good one that is not going to be in the the Cowabunga collection. And if you're into ROMs, this is a perfect ROM to download. There was a Game Boy Advance game based on the 2007 movie TMNT. And that's what it's called, TMNT. And it's really good. And a lot of the same developers from Shredder's Revenge worked on it.
0: Ah. Uh. Okay, so yeah, there's a there's a lot uh, there's a lot of Ninja Turtle games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are some good ones to keep an eye out for. Um, I mentioned that to to bring up the fact that um, I still think despite all that's been done with the turtles, um, despite these these two turtles in time riffs that I that I mentioned, uh, Shredder's Revenge does feel real unique. Uh at the top. No water levels. <laughs> uh, somebody mentioned that on Twitter. I just had to echo that. No water levels. So rest easy. Uh, six player co-op. Humongous and super cool. H- have you had the chance to try
1: the six player co-op? Not as of yet, but I'm absolutely okay. going to be checking it out soon. Nice. Uh, I know that, you know, in, in,
0: the day and age in which we live, it's not like people are throwing parties all the time. Yeah, um, and hanging out with a bunch of people to play games. Um, or Maybe you are. And, yeah, we and tend you. to
1: host. Uh, if uh, I need a, I need another major holiday. It didn't happen on Fourth of July, but we go. tend to have family over a lot. And I'm hoping next time that happens, I'll get some of that going. There you go. Uh, so one of the cool features, though, if you can't, you
0: know, what I mean, there's folk who live by themselves and and they they can't. Um, there's uh there's the online uh six player uh mode that you can turn on which is actually really pretty fluid um i was kind of worried that it'd be a little clunky because i've been playing some online games that have had really clunky kind of pairing i was worried it would um, crash but, you didn't have any problems with that uh, day one it crashed twice okay on me um and then i never had that problem again but um yeah, so that that is unfortunate. When it works, though, <laughs> and it has been working fairly consistently now, um, you could just create a public. Uh, what I do is I usually create a public party. You can also invite friends, but create a public party, and then people playing online can join you at any point in the game and leave at any point in the game. Um, and on a weekend, like there'll be a decent amount of people playing. You know, depending on your time zone. And uh, you can get a six player team going uh, with just total strangers and there's no friendly fire. Um, Somebody could hog items, I guess. Uh, But at the same time, six player co-op, it's exhilarating because there's so much happening and the game kind of scales. But then at the same time, it's really easy to lose your character, especially if you're playing as a turtle. So word of warning. (laughs) Uh, there are also unlockable moves uh, in this kind of RPG elements as well, which I was really surprised to see. Um, not exactly something that I really expect from like a non like Kunio Kun uh, brawler beat em up, um, but that's in here. You can, you can upgrade your characters. Um, there's a story mode and there's an arcade mode. Um, do, how much of that have you had a chance to kind of sort through?
1: I went through all the story mode, got all the collectibles, okay. which uh, I think is another thing. Yeah. That's the next thing on the list here is that there's collectibles yeah. in the game, which is really cool because I remember when the trailer for this came out in the trailer, they had that world map. It's got like a super <laughs> Mario world style world map. And I remember thinking like, why would a beat 'em up game need a world map The the goal is usually just to make it to the end of the game, you know? Yeah. And the collectibles completely make that world map map justified. Like you want to go back and replay levels and, and try to find the stuff. So that mixed with the RPG elements. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah. Gives it some replayability and there's, there's also achievements. There's some bogus ones like beat a level without getting hit.
1: Uh, anybody yeah. in your party. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that type of thing always gets me because like I, I hate when I can get like ninety-eight percent of like achievements and stuff, and then one of them's like impossible for me. And I'm like, ugh, wish that was like a separate category. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, I feel I might be able to do that on like the first level, but there's the entire game that was like 18 stages. Yeah. No. Yeah, there's there's no way. Um There's also taunts and specials. I really like how specials are handled here. You've got a ninja gauge that fills up as you damage enemies. Um, When it's full, you can carry multiple bars. When it's full, you Mm -hmm. can activate your special moves. And there's a dashing one. uh, There's an air one. There's a standing one. Which is Uh, great because it
1: encourages you to actually use them rather than like in some of the turtle games. They even like your special move like damages you. And yeah, and you want to encourage people to use it. And once that gauge is full, you want to use it because you're like, well, now every time I hit somebody, I'm not filling the gauge. So Yeah.
0: No, that that exactly. Uh da- getting damaged by your special moves is one of the things that I would be glad to see kind of disappear into the <laughs> the the sands of time. Yep. Uh this is much more interesting, especially with variety of moves. It's spammable on, on the one side, but the bosses spam you. So, <laughs> you know, nuts to them. Uh, there's also taunts, which I found out late in my playthrough. Um, oh, I love the taunts. every time you taunt. Yeah. Which are always fun. Of course. Uh, Donnie playing his little game boy is adorable. Um but when you taunt, it'll fill up one of your ninja bars automatically without having to hit anybody. Because uh, I was playing with somebody who was, uh, they were playing as Raphael. Uh, and they were just constantly like taunting, doing his <laughs> like <laughs> laugh that he does. And uh, I was like, gosh, why is this guy doing that? And how is he doing so many specials? And then I connected in my mind. I was like, oh, because there's a lot going on here. I didn't yeah. catch that in the tutorial. Uh, you know, move sets, combos, all kinds of different things. Uh, it is certainly a, a much more complex beat em up than a lot of the other ones that we've seen.
1: I've often said I'd like to, now that we've gotten this game for sure, see a turtle game that's not a beat em up now. It seems like they're all done in that style. I'd, I'd like to see them do something different with the turtles next time around. So, what would you like to see? Like, if you could in, insert them in, in any genre. One thing I've said to my co-host Sean is, I was talking about like what a Ninja Turtle Nintendo sixty four game would have been like. Because I was talking about like recently, I've played like for the first time, I played the Spyro Reignited Trilogy and I played the uh, Crash Insane Trilogy, and I was noticing how much those were like kind of inspired by Mario sixty four with like the the hub world, and then you go into a portal and you have like a little sub world. And I was like, that there, that would be a cool Turtles game if, like, they were on the Technodrome. That's your hub world. And it was, like, stuck in, like, Dimension X. And there's all little portals around the Technodrome where you go into other little areas to uh, collect ooze canisters, I guess. And uh, <laughs> fuel the Technodrome to get back home or something. Like, give each turtle their own abilities, something like that. I mean I'm not a game designer that but that that right. <laughs> that was uh, I, I would like to see something more more in outside the box of the the beat em up maybe an RPG would be cool
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: turn based combat
0: <laughs> I, I yeah definitely I uh, I really think that there there there's been a lot of beat em ups um it's hard to think about them really dramatically improving on on Shredder's Revenge mm-hmm. Um, but playing it because there's RPG elements in here, I was like, and it, it kind of has like a, uh, like a game boy advance kind of look to it with the style of, of pixel art, uh, but just, you know, blown up for a big screen. And I was like, man, like a, a, a 2d pixel art RPG, uh,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, like this, but less action oriented turn based would be super rad. Uh, a Turtles RPG would be really neat, I think.
1: Yeah, if they can do Super Mario RPG, like nobody, I remember when I first heard about that game way back when, <laughs> and thinking like, but Mario like jumps on platforms and stuff. How is he going to do turn based stuff? And then you play it, and <laughs> then you play it, and you're like, this makes total sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's true. Uh, last idea out of me uh, Turtles and Turtles uh, video game, but. Uh, one that plays like the Arkham games with Batman, Uh where you've got a big open world, you know, New York. City. Yeah, that
1: that's that's the the top one. I I always question whether or not they would be they would the Turtles are popular enough to justify the development team. Something like that would need, but that yeah, that would definitely be at true. the top of my wish list as a game like that.
0: Yeah. I think there there'd be a lot of people who'd be excited for it, but yeah, they'd really have to sell that. Mm-hmm. And then, too, I think in that kind of format, they might want to do a darker iteration than the uh, than the the mm-hmm. cartoon version of the turtles, which then more there's Assassin's a question Creed. Of, yeah, <laughs> I like. Would do you think that that a darker version of the turtles in that kind of format would sell?
1: I think it would, especially because the generation that grew up with them is now playing those types of games so
0: that's true and yeah. there's
1: a lot yeah. of them that are online talking about wanting an r-rated ninja turtles movie oh wow <laughs> <laughs> pretty much any that's franchise funny. from our kid from our childhood is, is they're like i want an r-rated transformers movie <laughs> i want they, they're they're they it's an audience for that <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. I remember a guy going, I want an R-rated Mario game
1: where Luigi (laughs) says the
0: F word. And I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. Because it's true. Like the first couple of issues of the comic is why people say that that it's a little more violent than it became. But to tell Mm -hmm. you the truth, it's not as wild as you'd think it is.
0: Okay. And I was thinking like my frame of reference, because I haven't read the originals is, uh, is that first movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of a Batman 89 type movie where it's like you could your kids could watch it, but I feel like you can't fully appreciate it until you're an adult and you can see all the, the nitty gritty that's there, you know?
1: Yeah. And a lot of that, like I said earlier, that's taken from those first issues. It's really like kind of the same tone. So, they did it perfectly fine, and they were PG. Yeah,
0: back in the day. <laughs> that Was that before they invented PG-13 or no?
1: I don't think so, because if I remember correctly, PG-13 okay. happened in the mid-80s, and that came out in ninety.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right.
1: But for a while, they really didn't know how to use it. So that <laughs> that probably <laughs> would point. have been PG-13 <laughs> if it came out today.
0: Yeah, as what is the first word in that movie? Is damn, isn't it? In it could be in the. I think so. Like where you know Raf is like I lost my size and you know, Oh yeah, that's not the first
1: uh, word, but yeah, he definitely says damn. Yeah, that's oh uh, are, oh. Are you saying what are the swear words? Yeah, that's as bad as it gets. <laughs> it, doesn't yeah. get, it doesn't get <laughs> so that. That's not bad. so bad. That's not so bad. I just yeah,
0: I couldn't remember if that was the very first word in the movie or not. Uh, yeah, as. PG-13, anyway. Bad timing uh, might
1: be the first thing they say. I'm trying to think. Because it's the no. pizza guy delivering
0: the pizza. Is that the first?
1: Well, that's over. Oh, okay. I got it now. The first thing in the movie is April narrating the crime wave over the news story. That's what it is.
0: Oh, uh, okay. I forgot that.
1: That bit. Uh,
0: the the last thing I want to say here before we move on from unique traits is uh, authenticity. Um. There have been a lot of video game remakes. Some of them make changes uh, to the formula or changes to the source material that, in my view, preserve what made the source material palpable and, and appealing and endearing. And then some of them will change it to such an extent that you kind of lose that entirely, almost to kind of, quote unquote, modernize uh, the, the IP, and I feel like, to me, the most impressive thing about Shredder's Revenge, once I first finished it, was just how authentic it felt mm-hmm. to 1987. Uh, there's no, you know, like like Shredder's still kind of shaking his fist through like a CRT <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a storefront window, you know?
1: Yeah. And in between the levels, they totally have like the arcade game had those, those, those hand drawn like cutscenes, but it's just like still images uh mm-hmm. sort of moving that it's like taken almost exactly from an arcade cabinet those in between level things
0: yeah so that the the final result is it's really a transportive game
1: mm-hmm.
0: um which i think if you're going to if you're going to take a, a an ip as recognizable as the turtles and connect it to one of the most recognizable kind of landmarks in their canon, and then market it, you know, as like, hey, there you remember that TV show. Uh, then being authentic with that, uh, and not just being kind of sensationalist and hyperbolic about hey, remember the turtles, but being really authentic about it is, I think, just a wonderful thing. It was, it was really the most impressive bit of the game i felt like i was watching a cartoon again and it really made me want to watch that again
1: i i said when i first played it like one of my first thoughts was that it felt like playing with the toys it oh yeah like completely and uh, that completely fits in with the authentic like throwback to the 80s feel as well like it really felt like when you would create your own little storyline with the action figures and the look of the game kind of like reminds me of the action figures as well. So I don't know that that was, that was my takeaway and I agree it's completely authentic.
0: Yeah. There's no, there's no aging up. There's no aging down. Nobody's mischaracterized. Nobody's kind of stereotyped. The worst thing with remakes and, or like late sequels, you know, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> star Wars is when, uh, they are obsessed with subverting ex- expectations, Uh, And we're like, well, we were going to just tell a story that is kind of authentic to this world, but ah, we really wanted to subvert your expectations. Aren't you Mm -hmm. impressed? And usually I'm like, no, I'm I'm not impressed (laughs) by subverting my expectations because you, you know, you've made this thing that everybody remembers. And you led us to believe that it would be like the thing that you remember. That's why you're excited for it. So the subversion of expectations is something that shredders revenge. Whether you like it or not, does not do at all, uh, and I was really satisfied with that.
1: I feel like in a similar way, along with uh, along with what you said about subverting expectations, is uh, meta humor has started to kind of get uh. a little out of hand, and it was done really well in Into the Spider Verse, and I think mm-hmm. that kind of kicked off a lot of like not so good versions of it afterwards.
0: Yeah, like the Resident Evil Netflix uh, show yep. that just came out. Yeah,
1: have you have you seen it yet? I watched a little bit of it, and you're totally. That's a good example.
0: <laughs> yeah, i I haven't seen it yet. I've just heard from folks. Uh, and yeah, when you're referencing like Zootopia adult material, I'm just like, does this? Why am I watching? <laughs> So yeah, strange. It's a strange world that we live in, but I feel like these gimmicks of subverting expectations and oddly placed meta humor. uh, I hadn't thought about connecting those ideas, but you're spot on. This is why I'm talking to you. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So uh, I do want to mention again, the story mode and arcade mode. Uh, Eros Elric asked, do you believe more beat-em-ups should have side quests or does it take away from the arcade experience?
1: Yeah, I totally do, but that's probably because, as we established before, I'm really bad at beat ups so <laughs> anything else <laughs> I can hang my hat on uh, is great, uh, I and I love collecting in video games, and I love when they have like different stuff that you can seek out, so I'm never going to say no to that.
0: There you go. Uh, I didn't follow this game too closely before its launch. Um, so I didn't know that they were going to have a separate story mode from an arcade mode. So I feel like separating those here, like if you don't like side quests, play the arcade mode and yep. that's your arcade experience where it's just straight through the game. No world map. If you die, you lose, then you're done. It would be you nice know, if they had game a game fighting
1: mode. Not a lot of people remember this, but Turtles in Time had a versus mode and yeah. you could fight each other. There was only like one map or whatever you want to call it one level it was you were in the sewer and you each picked a turtle and you could fight each other and that would have been cool go. in here but not necessary
0: no some online pvp that people have been talking about like oh donnie is like top tier and <laughs> leo is like bottom tier and like all the metagame stuff uh that would have been a really cool inclusion definitely uh another gameplay question here from Yemi the Ferret. What's the best way to take out the flying enemies? Because they really piss me off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you find out, let me know. Because <laughs> I'm I'm bad at those as well. Yeah,
0: here you go. Mash buttons. <laughs> Yemi. That's what you did. Mash the mash the buttons.
1: Oh, I can't think of yeah. what it was. Um that because that did come up on our episode we did on the game as well. I mentioned I was terrible at them. And Sean, my co-host, had a solution, but I can't remember what it was. So check out our episode. It's on there somewhere. There you go. (laughs) Check it out. Uh, Characters from
0: Bakuiel. So curious how you think this game compares to Turtles in Time. Uh, You have heard thoughts. Uh, Also, what do you think of the inclusion of the new non-Turtle characters? I love the idea, but does each character feel unique or do they just all feel the same? Uh Your thoughts, Kevin, on the characters.
1: In comparison to Turtles in Time, I honestly think, and this might be recency bias, but I honestly think this is a better game, and it's, it's not saying that any of those other games are bad. I just think this took everything Turtles in Time did and did it better. I love that it has all this extra stuff, all these extra leveling and these collectibles and everything like that. So I'd honestly say it's it's I prefer it. So so that's that check. Um <laughs>
0: what was, what was the other
1: question? Um, oh, uh, the introducing non turtle characters. I said earlier I really wish they had more like like the turtle uh, Palooza game has because I was kind of surprised. I thought they were going to keep unveiling new characters every week, like leading up to the launch or something, and they really just have the six and i think there's a lot of a lot of potential left unused there
0: yeah i, I agree i think it's a it's really a double edged uh katana <laughs> there uh <laughs> is the, in that like what you said first there with turtles in time is is i think true i'm not exactly sure if i'm ready yet to say shredder's revenge is the best uh tmnt beat em up I feel like for me, I need time to decide that, but the way that you phrased it is accurate. This takes what Turtles in Time is. This could not have happened without Turtles in Time existing. Correct. It just could not. Like This is a direct sequel. And it's also not taking
1: away from the history of how amazing for the time- getting that game right. on a home console was like it, it, right. it still blows my mind that that fit on a super Nintendo cart, what they did like that. Right. Like the you, character sprites yeah. are huge.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's a gorgeous game. You're, but you're not going to have six player online co-op on the super <laughs> Nintendo. Exactly. Like you're just not going to have that. You're not going to have the, the really modern touches in this game. So we talked about a lot of retro authenticity, but there is a lot of modern uh touch to that like you could save your story mode and just pick up on it whenever you want, and these levels are pretty long, and there's quite a lot of them uh when you talk about the characters then uh I also you know wish that they would add more characters and then where I think it's a double edged sword is if you have too many characters. Then smash Brothers. would they be able to right, Smash Brothers? <laughs> then would you be able to navigate the roster one? And then how soon until you're like, there's too many Fire Emblem characters? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh but the the sensibility there being, um each of these characters seem really unique uh in Shredder's Revenge, the ones that are there. If you say doubled the number of characters there from seven to 14 Mm -hmm. um would those 14 characters be able to sustain the level of of differences and depth that distinguish them in the game as it is i don't know uh that's a challenge though uh that that developers would have to suss out Mm -hmm. because like one of the, one of the things that you really said was um, with turtles in time, like these characters are way more complex than in turtles of time. Oh yeah. Right. It's like in turtles you can in feel time, the
1: difference between each character. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. It's not like, and then God forbid going further back to like the NES games where they like could feel pretty identical. Yeah. Um, But like Donnie, everybody knows he's got a longer range. Right. Mm-hmm. And Raphael's, you know, stronger and all this stuff. But, In this game, it's more than just he's got different range. Like he moves entirely different. His speed is entirely his power. They're ranked by range, speed, and power. All seven characters, but then the way that they, yeah, the the way that they're animated, moving, the way their taunts are, the they're they're just unique kind of personalities are really reflected there. Yeah, they each have.
1: Six stars spread across yeah. three different stats, except for Casey, because he's an unlockable character They gave him an extra star.
0: There you go, <laughs> which I haven't spent much time with Casey Jones, but I do need to play the game with him at some point. Um, but the point being that I feel like the choosing less characters and then spending more time kind of digging into them and developing them might be more interesting than having Mm -hmm. too many characters and them all being similar or too similar. But then again, I've never played the Palooza game. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're all like widely different in that. I have no idea, Um, but it's an interesting kind of design problem. At least I
1: did come away from this playing the story mode though. When they introduced the punk frogs, I did think to myself like, man, they should be, you should have at least one punk frog you can play as. (laughs) alas.
0: They really could have been clone characters too. Yep. I mean, if they needed to be in here, you could have reskinned the the turtles. Oh yeah, I could have I know. would
1: have loved a metalhead skin as well even oh, though yeah. he's a boss yeah. in the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would have made sense.
1: So did you have a favorite
0: like go-to character in Shredder's Revenge?
1: Michelangelo For sure. Mikey. (laughs) He's kind of who I've always, I used to use Donatello actually, but lately in all the turtles games, I kind of gravitate towards Mikey. Yeah. He's fast. He's got decent, decent stats. And, um, I remember playing with, I think it was Donatello who has the slowest speed. I played with him next and being like, Oh my God, move. He is. He's really (laughs) slow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I have the same sort of experience. Um, for me, oh my gosh, my favorite Ninja Turtle is April
1: now. You like, know, I was surprised at how much I liked her. She might be my second favorite. Like, she, her play style is great.
0: Yes. It's so easy to jug- juggle enemies, uh, just the speed there. I usually pick female characters. Uh, much to the the frustration of my two young boys who are like, Daddy, why are you always picking a female character? Okay. But I'm telling you, it's just a game. Uh, but I usually pick the female characters in beat-em-ups because they're typically faster, mm-hmm. and that's just the play style that I like. Um, minus Turtles in Time, I guess, because I like Donnie. But anyway, I like Blaze in uh, in Streets of Rage, or there's a really great beat-em-up called Fight and Rage uh, where I played as the character Gal, in there and then like play river city girls and just have like a, a brain meltdown. Cause you can only play as girls in that game. But in this game, April is just really quick. Um, she's the first character that I reached max level with um, really, really fun character to play as. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad that there are more than just the four turtles in here. Um, it would be interesting to see who else we could add. And we are getting there. I promise you <laughs> audience we're getting there. <laughs> that answers a question though that i think um it's in here somewhere carrie86 asked who our favorite turtles were um there were our favorite characters in this game but do you have a favorite turtle just ultimately
1: definitely michelangelo in the comics as well he's got some really good storylines in the idw series he's the heart of the team i'd say you got donatello is the the brains Raphael's the mouth leonardo's the eyes and uh michelangelo's the heart there you go that's a great way to phrase it actually nice insight insight <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh some of the bosses in here we mentioned bosses just briefly
1: um do you have a favorite boss in this game probably metalhead I, I brought yeah. him up a second ago. I'm, I've always kind of been a sucker for him. I love the design. I love Slash's design as well. So those mm-hmm. are probably my two favorite.
0: Yeah, the boss designs in here are really cool. Um I I gotta say the fight against Shredder, the first fight, um is is like not just my favorite boss fight in this game, but but one of my favorite boss fights, uh, period. Now I think it's it's such a great duel because he shows up after you fight Crane, Krang. Hmm. I beg your pardon, and uh, and he just he just drops in, says his piece, and then oh my gosh, this music starts. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, the first time I heard it, I actually had to pause the game because I was like laughing so hard. I was just kind of like completely. D- delighted
1: oh i um, i love the the krang uh statue of liberty design too That's yes really cool. the
0: statue of tyranny right Yep. yep. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and when it shows up it does the uh, <laughs> but in like a minor key i was like this is this is brilliant stuff right here uh but the the rap uh it's by i don't listen to rap uh, i don't really know who's who but i guess it's by members of the wu-tang clan um and i after beating the game i looked up the track online looked up the lyrics and was like this is just this is just beautiful like mm-hmm. rap music on a boss fight uh when the boss's name is in the title is something i would like to see happen more often uh because it just really worked for me joy pad lad is the good guy of retro gaming you don't earn that moniker just for nothing Don't believe me? I dare you to visit joypadlad.com and check it out for yourself. Form an informed opinion. The dude has got a variety of games, merch, figures, cards, stickers, paraphernalia in stock and being stocked. Don't see something for you just yet? Keep tabs on the site on the regular for new stock. Comic book fans in particular need to take a look. JPL is adding regular updates with new merch and a lot of that includes a variety of comics. Don't say I never gave you nothing. Oh, and when you check it out, be sure to use the promo code RED10 That's R E D one zero for 10% off your order. Let them know the well-read mage sent you. Uh, But uh, while we're on the subject of music as well, the music is actually really great in this, like fantastic.
1: Yeah, they released a soundtrack. I don't know if it's on Spotify. I actually don't think it is, but they did like a physical release for it and uh, and people bought them all up. Yeah, there
0: was a vinyl. Uh, that I kind of buy vinyl now and then, but uh, I was like, you know what? It's good. I don't know if it's buying vinyl good, but now I wish I bought it. So it's
1: been a I'm good sure couple of years started. for Turtle Music because they recently put the original movie soundtracks out too for the first time, like the uh, score. Like the the obviously yeah. the soundtracks were released with the movies, but they never put out the John Dupree music score from like the, the, you know, that music, uh, yeah, that, that was never like released on an album until a few years ago.
0: I had no idea. I missed that. That's for sure.
1: Wow. Uh, speaking of
0: missing things, uh, this is the part where we get to talk about who we think is, is specifically missing, uh, oh, okay. questions on that were a plenty, but true, a JC, question in terms of characters primary secondary tertiary or otherwise who is painfully missed in tmntsr uh some responses from the community retro fresh tv is it weird that if i could add any playable character it would be venus uh i don't read turtles comics so that's that's a female turtles character
1: yeah she was uh, introduced um in the the it's called the next mutation. It's kind of like a uh, what do you call? it? It's like a Power Rangers type show. And yeah, it, it, it's a it's almost kind of a controversial turtle character because people really didn't like that show. <laughs> oh, really? But, uh, okay. But so that that's probably why they're a little nervous to introduce. It, but it's it's a good pick. I honestly would go with Jenica, who is similar, although. The thing is this is it does I don't know if she could be in there cuz this game's clearly going off the 87 cartoon show and yeah. Jenica's like a comic book character so I don't know if that would fit specifically.
0: Yeah. So Jenica uh another female
1: character? Yeah, she's a female turtle okay. in the IDW comics which Okay. Her story's really cool. She was introduced as a just regular character because she mutates eventually she was introduced as like a human character like long before she mutated i don't know how many issues but long enough where it didn't feel forced you know what i mean okay like, i see like she was in there for a while and her mutating into a turtle was kind of a shocker of a story wow
0: so it didn't feel like she was invented just just to have shock, a female turtle was, exactly yeah because yeah. it's I like see. she was already okay. there i see uh, so she's got a yellow bandana. Yep. Uh, it looks like she's wielding
1: like claws of some sort. Yeah, I used to know what those are called, but it, it is a ninja weapon, and it's Vega uses them, I think, in Street Fighter as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're claws. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> would you would you go out on a limb
0: and say there's any personality reason why she wields claws? Like what we were talking
1: about earlier. Oh with the yeah. <laughs> No, I'd have to take way too long to think about that.
0: Yeah, that is a that's a beefy question. Reddit, if you're listening, um, she doesn't always then, use them uh, either.
1: So, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Does Venus have a uh, a specific weapon type? Um, she you know she was just introduced in the comics, so I'm not sure. I actually haven't read that issue yet. I haven't gotten to it, but in the, okay. in the show, if I remember correctly, she uses a, a sword like Leonardo.
0: Oh, okay. Cause she's also got the blue bandana thing going on. I guess they ran out of colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Terrence Harkin said playable bebop and rock steady where you accidentally foil shredders plan through incompetent, <laughs> wanton violence and destruction. It's
1: That's a good funny. one. Usagi yeah. Yojimbo, I know that, you know, isn't completely a, a turtle character, so there might be some licensing there, but that would have been really cool.
0: Yeah, that was actually my choice as well. And uh I learned that I pronounce it wrong. Also <laughs> Okay. <laughs> say Usagi, so Usagi uh sounds better. Fugitoids. But, uh, I'm gonna start. Fugitoid's
1: that. another good pick. I don't I don't know, you know, if he's again now he's not in the 87 cartoon so as far as 87 characters from that cartoon they did a good job
0: (laughs) yeah there's a lot in here definitely uh last one here this is from non trotsky said i actually asked the devs to add the last ronin version of michelangelo and they said sounds like a licensing nightmare (laughs) a huge amount of work for a character that almost no one knows about but we'll think about it. LOL. <laughs> last Ronin version of a Ronin version of uh, of
1: Michelangelo. So the last Ronin was a comic that was done uh, this this year, last year. What what year is it? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, it's a recent comic, and it okay. it um. So basically, the creators of the Ninja Turtles, one thing that's really cool about when the characters were sold to Nickelodeon is they retained the rights to be able to do their own Ninja Turtle comic if they wanted to, which is crazy. And one thing they did recently was Last Ronin, where it was a story they say they had planned all the way back when they did the first Turtles comics, like that first couple of years, they thought ahead and they were like, well, if we ever have to end this Series, how would we end it? And they came up with this this story, and it takes place in the future. And I don't want to give too many spoilers away. I highly recommend people read the series, but Michelangelo is basically the main character, and you know the future didn't turn out so good for him. It's it's a lot like the Dark Knight Returns for Ninja Turtles.
0: Ooh. yeah, I might have to hunt this down. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just
1: amazing. came out last week in a full collection, so. You can you can get the whole col- you can get all the issues collected if you want.
0: There is a really it's only, it's cool old, Sorry statue. to interrupt. It's
1: only six issues. Oh no, go it's ahead. only six issues, so oh, it's an okay. easy read.
0: That's manageable, yeah. definitely. Yeah, with today's adultish time. Uh there's a really cool statue of like the spirits of the other turtles behind uh behind your Ronin character here. Um yeah, really, really neat looking. Uh I'm getting tempted to get into reading Ninja turtle comics, uh, believe it or not. Wow. Highly recommend. Did it. Not expect
1: that. Devoted my life to yeah. it.
0: <laughs> there you go. Plus then I'd have a podcast to listen yeah, to. So there that you would go. Be perfect. Yeah. Like I was listening to one of your comics episodes. And I was like, this sounds really interesting. I bet it would be more interesting if I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, So here to kind of close out our conversation, I did want to ask about uh, their lasting appeal. You know, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of iconic characters that have, you know, fell by the wayside over time, fallen by the wayside over time. Um, Mickey Mouse was one that I would have said, you know, a couple of years ago was just kind of an anachronism. Uh, but they've got a really good, wonderful world of Mickey Mouse uh, series of cartoons on Disney Plus. You should definitely watch. Uh, they didn't even pay me to say that. <laughs> uh, Superman at one point in my life I thought was an anachronism, but more so like you know, like Betty Boop. Somebody mentioned uh, I watched a Felix the Cat movie with my kids the other day uh, that I really liked when I was a kid, and I was like, you know what, this is this is not very good. Uh, Felix the Cat though, kind of an anachronism, not not very relevant. Uh, so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles somehow they they are they're constantly reinvented. Uh, they they have you know fresh creatives uh, working with them and uh, and they're always brought back. Here you know Shredder's Revenge. My kids are playing it. They they'd never even heard of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before we picked up this game, and they love it. They're just like oh, and they know all the characters now. We watch a little bit of the cartoon, which they love. Um, and so that ability for the turtles to reach through time and find new fans is I think excellent, but let me put to you before we get to, you know, a lot of responses here from the community, what do you think is the lasting appeal of the TMNT
1: and why they're so enduring? I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that most of the story is timeless like mm-hmm. the core of the story is family and, you know, wanting to, you know, family legacy and a lot of their origin, you know, they they were mutated from an ooze from an alien planet. So that's never going to get outdated. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so you get a lot at play there that is really timeless. And I think that that's a big part of it. Interesting. Interesting. And there are some comments
0: here about the timelessness of it. Um, One of the things that I thought was really, uh, was really insightful, uh, was the personalities. There were several remarks about the, the four personalities. And I was really thinking like if there was just one, I know we just covered the last Ronin Mm -hmm. (laughs) and talking about that, but I was thinking if there was always just one Ninja Turtle, uh, would it have been as successful? I don't think so. Um, I think they need their those personalities kind of bounce off of each other. But there are some comments here about that. Uh go ahead. It, oh yeah, that was that?
1: I was just gonna say that was one of the coolest parts of our podcast starting the comics at the beginning is you really get to see those personalities form because kind of in in uh. the first issue, they are mostly interchangeable as characters. There's like, little little bits of personality in there but for the most part like the first two or three issues it's almost like four of the same turtle and then like by issue i'd say like three or four you can see that they started to think about it
0: interesting interesting
1: and now they're they're pretty
0: much ingrained exactly yeah know? That
1: they're not yeah. going to change
0: yeah uh, so here's an here's a answer here from Akis1985, who says, Aesthetically, the material is striking, but there's an interesting cast of heroes and villains, so that's immediately appealing. But in the long run, I think the dynamic among the four turtles' personalities keeps everyone coming back for more. Artivius Gaijin said, They are the purest form of the four personality types that make up a cohesive group. They have been mirrored throughout history and fiction throughout all, all, throughout all human history. Um, I was really thinking like trying to come up with like, you know, the, the, the Jungian archetypes for these guys, but I didn't get that far. Uh, Nostalgia alchemist said divided personal individualism. Yes. You may have a favorite turtle, but one cannot survive without the other three in all things. We as people require what each individual turtle possesses in personality and skill. Yet one's favorite turtle may change as we do naturally. Uh, And then finally, dude large pants said, I think the lasting appeal is both the message and the content. It's all about being a family of weirdos and it's broad enough that it doesn't alienate anyone. So again, with the personalities there, I thought that was really interesting. A lot of great comments there, but uh, one in that.
1: Uh, admitting that people's favorite turtle changes over time. Did yours? It did. Yeah. I think I was more into Donatello as a kid. And now as an adult, I relate a lot more to the Michelangelo stories because they're so emotional.
0: Really? That's interesting. I mean, it it changed for me too. Uh, When I was a kid, Raphael, because he was the cool, but rude guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I became a cool, but rude guy. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's overrated. So now uh, Donatello is my favorite, so it's interesting to note that as people change,
1: their favorite turtle does. I've it's funny Leonardo seems to to be the rarest pick for favorite turtle.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, that that's a that's an astute observation. Perhaps because he's just kind of the I don't want to say personality less, but uh, the basic kind of heroism of uh, of the leader mm-hmm. is maybe a little milk toast compared to the bigger personalities <laughs> of the nerd, the cool guy, and the, like the nerd, the jock, and the and the party guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but he's still cool. I like Leo. Uh, aging well was another reason brought up. Uh, Clayton, Clayton, Kyer. Clayton Kyer said, It's timeless. TMNT has long included things from the real world, but nothing that has aged horribly. What was relatable in the beginning pretty much remains relatable. Universal message of family, again, food and martial arts. Um, And watching, yeah, the original show, I was kind of a bit surprised that there's nothing in there where, like, Mm -hmm. I can't make that joke today, you know, or anything like that. It's just kind of, you know, fairly aged well um nostalgia is a theme that came up earlier and a few comments on that um something to pull out here too because i think what we'll see next is two sides of a coin there's nostalgia but then at the same time they're reaching a new generation uh wildfire one said nostalgia is a powerful tool these days there's no doubt about that to my mind uh even more so for the people who grew up with old school turtles. If you think of it, we're seeing it more and more things that are hits, stranger things. They even use similitude ways to advertise the Thor franchise memories sell. I think that's accurate. Uh, The Kais said, I do think the turtle status has vastly diminished and is mostly nostalgia for people in their 30s and 40s. But part of the enduring appeal is the distinct personality types of the four turtles. Every fan has a favorite turtle and one they identify with. The TV theme song even uses this concept when introducing their characters. And A Man in Red says, I'm not sure how popular TMNT is with younger generations. Then again, I recall that 80s, 90s nostalgia has become popular with generations who weren't alive for it. For example, the whole vaporwave, synth wave, retrowave movement, or cyberpunk with explicitly
1: 80s aesthetics.
0: I'm getting sick and tired of Vaporwave. Okay. But <laughs> but it is there.
1: I think uh, I think it had a another generation that hit. Uh, the, the 2012 series was pretty popular mm-hmm. and it it had a toy line. You can gauge these things typically off of the toy lines. Okay. And, the toy line did sell for that cartoon? Yeah, a good chunk of it were people like me who were buying it because they love turtles from the nostalgia. But uh mm. I don't know. I I think I think they're going to be able to continue to to jump on and and gain new new people. Yeah,
0: I agree. I I don't think the TMNT belongs just to our generation. Yep. Um, I think they still have that lasting appeal. There's no doubt that Shredder's Revenge, again, marketed on the the TV show that our generation remembers. But then at the same time, history has shown that these characters can be reinvented
1: uh, and successfully. They have two movies Um, in development currently. So oh, really? hopefully that'll okay. bring in some new people. Yeah, they're, they're kind of doing separate approaches for it, it sounds like. There's, there's one that's a, an animated movie, and that one seems to be further along in development. They had some concept art they put out. And then there's supposedly a live action movie also in the works. And the only thing we really know about it is one of the writers is Saturday Night Live's Colin Jost. that's about all we know about the live action turtle they're working on wow well I'll be excited to
0: see those when they come out Um, and I'm certain yeah that those will attract uh, a new generation of fans if they're good Uh, speaking on the next generation uh, the 90s reviewer said I'm a turtle skateboarding and eating Uh, (laughs) sentence (laughs) I'm a turtle skateboarding and eating ice cream now I punch you this is awesome quoted from my 7-year-old nephew while playing Shredder's Revenge he had never heard of the TMNT loved it see there's a, a new fan right there, there.
1: exactly <laughs> exactly
0: i'm raising two of them right now now the question is would they have seen it without us kind of grandfathering them into the fan base i don't know i mean
1: would anyone have seen star wars without their parents you know it's a good question them, not forcing them yeah. but like showing it to them <laughs>
0: Right. That's a good question. My dad was like, you're going to sit down and watch this. So yeah, very apt. Uh, And eldest ghost kill said, I think the writers and creators keep finding ways to keep them relevant and fun for each new wave of kids seeing them. I loved the turtles as a kid and my children love them now. And I think that's, that's it. That's perfect. You know? Uh, And then also ninjas. I mean, if we're going to talk about what is the lasting appeal of turtles, they're ninjas, retro gift monster said. Ninjas are now and have always been cool. <laughs> Can't argue with that, Julian Titus. I think it's just a fantastic concept that kids will always find cool. Ninjas are cool, and Julian Mutants Titus are gets cool. around
1: to every podcast I listen to. Does he really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't know any. I don't know
1: him at all. But like, there's like three podcasts I listen to that he comes up on. <laughs> And I know he has that's his own nerd, nerds without pants. So I guess fourth.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Julian. He was on this show. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, we talked to as well. Yeah. So he's been around. That's for sure. And they just celebrated their 10th anniversary for their show. Um, congrats on that. That's milestone. A that's, yeah. Wow. A decade. Um, But yeah, he's right. Mutants are cool. Ninjas are cool. Reptiles are cool. No matter how the characters are written, you'll probably identify with one or two of them as a kid. And that's huge. Um, And here's an interesting statement. This is from Cloud3214 who said, I loved the martial arts and weapons. Also... He claims ninjas weren't really a thing in cartoons at the time, except maybe ronin warriors were more like samurai, but it led me to the comics for which they are way more mature and really emphasize the ninja part. And I stopped to think, I was like, were there a lot of ninjas at all in cartoons in like the late night, the late eighties, early nineties.
1: Not that I can think of because the, the cartoons from my generation that I think back to, it's like GI Joe, which um, I guess you've got like, a ninja or two. I'm, I'm, it had a yeah. ninja, yeah. And it, yeah.
0: I'm
1: not I'm not big on G.I. Joe though, so I don't know if that came a little after. I feel like it might have. Okay. Uh there's no ninjas in He Man, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> 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 Ghostbusters yep, no, and Ghostbusters and no. no. What else was big uh, at the time? Uh,
0: Thundercats you know, were not ninjas. Snorks at all. They did. <laughs> snork <laughs> Jabberjaw. Yeah. No, yeah, not Heap ninjas. Heathcliff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> going way back. Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Going. Um. So I countered. This is not a debate at all. Cloud thirty two fourteen. I love you. Uh, but I countered kind of tongue in cheek. I was like, "But Batman the a- the animated series. Oh yeah, Batman's totally a ninja. Totally a ninja." Uh, and there were, you know, is he trained by ninjas? Is he actually a ninja? That's a whole conversation in itself. Speaking of tongue in cheek responses, a few final ones. What's the lasting appeal of the TMNT? According to Lou Murloc, it's because their noses are so cute. <laughs> 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 that was great. And also lunch tray gaming said, I guess maybe it was because at the time turtles would have been among the last type of animal to make into fighters. They're slow, only respond to low frequencies, and their skin is very sensitive despite its leathery feel. Ninja Turtles basically flipped the script. And when I first read that, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then like I came back to it and I was like, oh, he was joking. Like, <laughs> like Ninja Turtles literally did flip the script, but like the idea of like nerd like at the time turtles would have been among the last type of animal to make it to fighters. That's a that's a good comment. Uh, So there's a lot of answers again, potentially as to why the turtles have, you know, such lasting appeal. We do have one final question as we here close out the podcast. Uh, There's been a lot of audience questions, a lot of audience answers and comments. If you want to ask a question or share a comment to get a mention on the show, keep an eye out on my Twitter at the well-read mage where I announce the topics for each episode in advance. Also, because you're listening, you get to know what the next episode is. We're going to be talking about Marvel versus Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. Uh, and we're going to take you for a ride. So that's that's going to be fun. Uh, last question here for you, Kevin. Batman versus the Ninja Turtles.
1: Who wins? Now, this is not going to be a popular answer. But uh <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say there have been four batman ninja turtle comic book crossovers and in the first one batman fights leonardo and leonardo kind of is keeping pace with him so if batman had to fight the other three at the same time as well uh i feel like he would have been in trouble so i'm gonna at least in that comic I'm going with the Ninja okay. Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And you know what is hilarious is that when you said this
0: could be a, an unpopular answer, I had no idea. It could have gone both ways That's from true. my perspective. <laughs> could have, It really could have. Um, I, You know, it's a comic. you know I've read comics. You read comics. It's a comic book question. Take two characters. Who wins?
1: I think it was Stan Lee uh, had a great answer for every time something like this comes up. It's uh, whoever's name yeah. is on the cover. Right. <laughs> Who's writing it? Yeah, exactly. Who's writing it?
0: Yeah. Cuz these characters are not exactly autonomous. They're uh whatever we say they're going to be. Like Batman has you know has killed gods before. Batman yep. took down Darkseid with a gun uh of all things. Um Batman given enough prep time could beat all four ninja turtles and uh Splinter and April mm-hmm. and Casey Jones. Um or he could, you know, be a punk and lose out to like one of them um depends on the writer though that's that's the best answer i think yep um i would vote for batman folks if you're hearing you're still listening to this episode <laughs> let me know who you think would win the ninja turtles versus batman maybe the bat family but for the sake of this question we'll just say just the batman world's greatest detective engineer scientist is- martial arts, everything versus the Ninja Turtles. Uh, And Kevin, I wonder if you would be so kind as to play us out with uh, just letting us know where our listeners can find you and then leave us with a
1: ninja-esque word of wisdom, if you could okay so yeah you can find us where you find pretty much all podcasts and if there's a place you listen to podcasts and we're not there let us know we'll figure out how to get there um but yeah we're we're on all that stuff on twitter we're at tmnt nerds and on instagram we are at tmnt nerds and gmail tmnt nerds at gmail.com and yeah we're going over the comic books one issue at a time so a lot of fun trying to think of a word of ninja wisdom I mean there's the classic you know forgiveness is divine but never pay full price for a late pizza
0: <laughs> there it is. There it is. I was hoping you'd say that because I threw out the bait and you took it, and that's wonderful. I'm glad we can happily close out this podcast because you said the word of wisdom, Kevin. I want to thank you for being on MageCast. Thanks very much for your time, folks. Do check out the Ninja Turtle Nerds. Uh, I was listening to them on Spotify, so you can find them there easily. Also on Apple. There'll be links all over the place. <laughs> thank you for that, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a delight. I learned something about Ninja. To turtles today did you thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed the conversation and if you did here's what you can do next try browsing our library and check out another episode you could leave a review or rating on your app of choice that would really help out the show you could visit patreon if you want to financially support my multi-concept work across the internet and finally how about joining our discord community there's links for you in the description and the conversation continues there this episode may be over but the legend will live on passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the turtles.